today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles in studio. Yo, yo, yo. And I'm extremely excited about this episode. One, because we have a very warm guest, literally warm. He's coming from Saudi Arabia here. He's probably still hot. We have the Juan Posada back in studio. Dude, Juan, it's great to see you, my friend. I'm glad you made it back okay. He came, he landed back into the States yesterday from still, this recording. Still Catholic? Still Catholic. He is still Catholic. Still Catholic, ladies and gentlemen. Which is wonderful. Although he does look a little Muslim <laughs> with his beard. He came back, so he's still, uh, came back yesterday as of this recording, so he's still super jet-lagged. Probably, yet, probably a Muslim barber. That's probably why. Oh. Yet he is still probably. back. Uh, here with us this in evening, which I'm extremely excited. It's great to see our good friend Juan. It's good to have him back in studio. Word. Uh, I don't have to push the buttons, or don't to, I don't have to not push the buttons, really. Right, because that, that's really what it was, is yeah. that you would forget to, yeah, to push I mean, the buttons. all the time. I mean, you get caught up in the conversation and right. forget about and other was, jobs. The, like, the camera was on me for 20 minutes, or, or, you know, like or anybody. four minutes, Who knows? while I was not even talking. Look, people just want to be able to, like... See your reactions to things to the deep, profound things that I'm that saying. That you're about to say, yeah, yeah, I understand. Like you, you think that what he's saying is profound, but check out Adam's expression. Yeah, look at Adam's expression. That, that is epic. That is a profound. That is something worth watching. Reaction. Yeah, something worth watching. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, we do three things every episode. Something we have not said in a while, but. We may need. We should say, uh, we do three things every episode on the Catholic Man Show. The first thing we do is we open, review, and enjoy a man beverage. The second thing we do is highlight a man gear, and the third thing we do is uh, have a manly discussion. Adam, why do we drink on the show? <laughs> because we like it. Um, no, we, we exercise the virtue of moderation, and everything we um, we enjoy the finer things in life for its goodness, and we realize that ooh, we get to pour another one for one. El, El Juan! Um, and so it's one thing to um, 
talk about moderation, another thing to exemplify it. We did a whole episode on Catholic Cancer's focus on drinking and moderation. You can go check that out. Um, and and <laughs> that was awesome, dude. And uh, see see what else we have to say about that. If you are are, are interested, that's all you're gonna say. You're just gonna say go. That's what I'm saying nowadays. Yeah. Go somewhere else. You want to know why we drink on the show? This is the lazy part. Yeah. Um, go listen to every other episode we've done. <laughs> uh, this evening. Oh, let's cheers, and then we'll talk about the drink. One of the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. And to Juan, and to our mother. So this evening's drink is uh, given to us by Robert Dalton, a hmm. an amazing Catholic man, Catholic father, uh, Catholic businessman. He is uh, the owner of Mercy Heat and Air, which is a great name, I think, mm-hmm. for a heat and air company. Yeah, because he uses the divine mercy image, the red and the blue, blue. heating and air. Right. It it's was like... It was. It's almost like Jesus did that just so that he could make it his logo. Also, Robert Dalton is one of those guys that when I hear somebody ask me, like, hey, how should I act as a Catholic guy? I think of Robert Dalton. Yeah, I was just thinking we should have him on the show about how to... Just always... How to, how to, how to keep your peace when... Things are going it crazy. It seems like your life is falling apart. Right. Uh, he's a... Over and over again. Over and over, yes. He's overcome many obstacles. He has carried many heavy crosses. But you know what? Every time you see him, he you see him with a smile. He always asks about you and your life. He never talks really about himself or his life. Yeah, which is selfish, <laughs> I think. It's it's that's a tough. I have my suspicions. <laughs> so so what he did? So he's getting into the whiskey game because he's been listening to our show and and enjoys our show and said, you know, I, I I like whiskey, but I don't know much about it. So he's been trying some of the different whiskeys that we've had on the show. He tried this whiskey, and then he bought us a bottle to have on the show because he said he wanted your honest opinion about the whiskey. He said, don't sugarcoat it. Don't t- don't don't say you like it just because I gave it to you. He said. I want to know, so that way I can have, uh, I want to know your tasting notes, so that way I can. Hold it up. What are you, what are you doing? Switch oh. to my camera. Switch to my camera. And uh, see I want to know your tasting notes, so I can go off of what I know from this whiskey, because he's had this whiskey several times, so he's kind of familiar with it. It's a rye whiskey. I haven't even told you what it is. I'm sorry. It's Yippie Kaye from High West uh, Distillery. So it's a uh, blend it's, of straight rye whiskeys. Yes. Yes, it's a bl- it's it's their blend of straight rye whiskeys. So and it's finished in vermouth and syrah barrels, which gets you like kind of makes syrah you, maybe makes you kind of breaks s y r a h syrah syrah. I'm not sure. We're gonna have emails telling us. Don't email us. It's okay. I spelled it for you. Um, what were your thoughts? You I don't even tried know it. what that is. Well, when you try it, it's definitely a ride. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to give my official ans- score answer yet. Yeah, answer. I mean it's so rye is typically, in my experience, there's very little on the nose. Really, I'm surprised with. Uh, you know, I think about a rye as something you can smell a lot too. Well, rye typically for me is a very strong whiskey. It's a, it's it's yeah. something that it has an aggressive bite to it. Um, so it's something that. I think it's an acquired taste a lot of times. It's it, it for the guys who enjoy kind of the bite, the burn 
um, of, of a whiskey, mm-hmm. a rye whiskey is, is typically one that you would enjoy then. Yeah. Uh, our, our good friend, Jim, Jim Finster enjoys whistle pig rye whiskey yep. and he does, yep. and he, he enjoys that because of actually the bite. This is to me much smoother than the average rye. Okay. Also, I think, um, when you're, when you're judging a rye, don't judge it by your first sip because it that like you said that first sip is going to be kind of a shock sometimes and then the next couple are much better so the nose i i get vanilla a little like uh hay i'm not getting very much on the nose i get vanilla and hay are the two things that really stand out to me Hmm. yes it's interesting you can tell. You can taste the vermouth. Uh, you get a little caramel flavor at, at the very beginning, uh, uh, on the front. The end doesn't have as big a bite as a rye whiskey typically does. Yeah, it's much smoother. Um, I need to try a little bit more to. Mm-hmm. It goes down really pretty easy, I think. Mm-hmm. Medium, medium finish. Not like super long, not short. Yeah, I get a like a caramel toffee type of um, mm. in, on the palate at the beginning, and then you get you catch that raw, you catch a little bit of the aggression at the back end. Uh, the finish is a, a medium length overall, uh, in my opinion. Now this may change as we continue on uh, finishing this dram, but. Uh, I think it's a it, it is a above average rye whiskey for me. I would definitely say so. I I'm not a big rye personally. I'm not a yeah, big yeah. rye rye yeah, whiskey I actually, fan. I don't know that I could actually say if but, it's above average because I've only had I've had less than ten rye whiskeys. Okay, I've probably had a little bit more than that, but um, I would say that I would I would take this one over most rye whiskeys that I've tried. I would too. I would definitely so. I hope that helps, Robert. Thank you for, for I wish providing I could us. compare it to Whistle Pig, but that was so long ago that I had it. Whistle Pig had a, a much a stronger aggression to it. it is more the, there was a stronger alcohol burn at the end. The finish was extremely long. Hmm. Um, it was it was very aggressive, extremely aggressive. I would say. I do like it though. Yeah, you do t- catch the vermouth, vermouth on it. It's interesting that they've they added that in the barrels or or. It, did they say they added that in the barrels, or that they that it, was it was finished finished in, in, in vermouth barrels and syrah barrels? Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So Ninety ninety-two proof. Yeah, that's another thing. Is is it's typically a little, a little stronger, higher, a little higher. So, thank you, Robert Dalton, for providing this for us this uh, evening. Go check out Mercy Heat and Air if you're in the Tulsa area. I would definitely highly, I would highly recommend them. For uh, your HVAC needs, I use him. I personally totally. use them. You use him as well. Yeah. Um, and so he is a guy that I would highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah, I totally would because he's the nicest guy you will meet. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. How's the family? I haven't seen you in a while. How, how was My uh, family Kansas? is good. My family is good. Doing well? Kansas was good. Yeah. The Fit holidays your- were good. Man, I ate so much this weekend. I hit, I hit the gym for the first time in like a week and a half today, and I felt heavy. Definitely felt heavy. But You probably are. <laughs> 
when we get back, we're going to actually not have a man gear today. We're going to jump into the topic. Uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We once again have Juan Posada in the his house on the button machine. All right, guys, it's time to get serious, okay? Because this is a serious thing we're talking about today. Talking about manliness. Don't we do that every episode? Kind of. Yes. More more, More or less. Or less. Or less. More or less. But we do. But yes. So what happened was is we actually were planning on doing a episode with Father Sean Donovan today on the Maccabees. Right, but because scheduling you, from travel, uh, holiday traveling mm-hmm. became an issue next Saturday. I didn't even tell you this. Next Saturday we're going to be recording Saturday. with Saturday. Saturday. Maybe around noon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad you told me on air. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. So we were going to, if you were listening to last week's episode with Thomas Lackey on the Psalms, we referenced that we were going to have him here today, but that didn't work out. So I thought, I said, Dave, we should just kick it old school and just hang out. Retro. Like talk a little bit, like not have a specific topic, but just kind of get your thoughts on, on certain things. Do some throwback Catholic Man Show. We're thinking about really degrading the audio quality <laughs> yeah. just to give it that authentic sound. Right. Have the intro and outro just kind of jump in randomly. Randomly. Yes, even when it's not supposed to. So what happened... And really loud. And extremely loud. The audio... The, the, yeah, the outro is really loud. The mic's really low. Yeah. Those are good combos. So what happened was about two weeks ago, I had a, a good friend of, of mine and yours reach out to me and and he shot me an email and he said uh hey adam i have i have a series of questions that i'd like to talk to you about feel free to get back to me whenever you want but there are things that i've been thinking about and i'd, I'd like your opinion on them which is like bold move that was my first thought okay bold move want my opinion on something like that uh but he asked a series of questions and it kind of broke down to what does it mean to be a man what does it mean specifically to be a Catholic man? How do I know when I became a man? Um, what kind of things do I have to do to be a man? Mm-hmm. And they were very... Kind of the, what's, what am I striving for? What's the benchmark? Yeah. Well, and I think... How do I know if I'm doing well or not? Well, and how do I know if I'm actually being a, a man? Yeah. Um, and it got me thinking... Well, you, I, he, you are a man. Biologically. But, yeah, but and you can't ever not be a man. But there are certain ways of being one. You know, what is manliness? Right. And so over the Thanksgiving holiday, I had a chance to hang out with our good friend, David Williams from St. Cards, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. who is a he is a wealth of knowledge, a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. And just go follow him. Find him on Facebook and Twitter and follow him because he has big things in, in the store. In the in store. He definitely does. And so I asked him these questions. I was like, hey, David, you're smarter than I am. I highly respect your opinion. How would you respond to these types of questions? Yeah. And so so let me ask you, just, uh, you know, 
before we get into what he said and how I, I've been kind of digesting what he said over the last couple of days and, okay. and kind of regurgitate, I'm going to hopefully regurgitate it mm-hmm. this evening, but what, what, how would you answer that question? What, what are your thoughts? Which one? Because you, you named... A bunch of them. Which, yes, I did. You, ask me one specifically. Okay, so how do you define a man? Well, a man is someone who is born with male genitalia, mm-hmm. who is ideally, who is typically in common parlance, an adult. Okay. How do you, okay. So how do you, uh, what is it? If you're, Catholic, if you're asking a, me to find like the broader essence of man, is that what you're, are you getting it like more of a. Not a philosophical, I'm not under, like not necessarily a philosophical understanding of what man is, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, well, I think maybe it's possible to overcomplicate the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you're asking what is a man, I think the the real question is, or better question is, what does a man do? Or what should, Sh- what should what a man do? What ought a man do? And mm-hmm. how ought a man behave? Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I would say that in order for you to determine if something is good or bad, no matter what, the first thing you need to know is what is the end? Of a, of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like the classic example is the apple tree. The end of the apple tree, the purpose, you could say, is to make apples. So now that you know that the, what an apple tree is for, it's for making apples, you can determine if something is good or bad. For if the behavior tree. of the tree or if an external factor applied to the tree is good or bad. An axe is bad for the, is bad for the apple tree because it thwarts the end of making apples. So the first thing I would say is what is the end of man, of a man. And just like with the apple tree, we can start by physical observation, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And when compared with the counterpart of women, there is some stark differences, physically speaking. And one is made for the other, okay? So there's these differences, these things that make men unique from women, physically speaking. Those are going to tell you really a lot about his end goal mm-hmm. and giving life. Yeah, the giver. Okay, so a man is one who gives life physically, literally. Um, but then that same, I think that that same calling plays out in many, many different arenas. Mm-hmm. The spiritual, the physical, the the life-giving one. Um, and so he gives life. You look at Look at some of the other differences between men and women. Men have a denser bone structure with um, drastically more muscular tissue. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, it's because that they're made to work and to defend. So those are also going to play out in all of those same arenas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we, now we're getting to the man is for providing, protecting, and establishing. Right, which we've talked about before on, right. on this show. Yeah. So... My my first. How did thought, I do? How did I do? I thought that was really good. Thank you. Especially for just kind of uh, not really being able, having a chance to really yeah. think about it. Because you don't ever tell me what you're going to ask. Well, that, see, that's the beforehand. thing. I like to do that. I know because I like to put you on the spot. Like when I give you, like when I make you give toasts, like in front of a bunch of people whenever we're, we're like giving a talk or something like that, and we have to give a toast. Yeah, that's backfired though, because now I've learned to do it to you. Sometimes. Yeah, that has backfired. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So I, I had been thinking about it, and so I wanted to ask David what his thoughts were. And uh, throughout the uh, our conversation, which lasted over an hour and a half, almost two hours, I think, at the brewery, which was just a phenomenal oh, conversation. Definitely, definitely. Um, you can talk to that guy forever. 
Oh, I, I wanted to continue talking, just but we, just, we yeah. just couldn't do that. What we, brewery What brewery did you go to? Broken Arrow Brewing. Nice. Okay. Um, did you run into Austin? Was he there? He was not there. Okay. Um, it was over Thanksgiving holiday, so I figured he was with his family. Hopefully. Hopefully so. Yeah. So my first thought was to go with the 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 priest aspect of, of, of a... Like priest, prophet, and king? Priest, prophet, and king, but specifically a priest, um, you know, because as a male, like... There's only as a priest you can only be male as a priest as a liturgical priest as a um, and as a domestic priest you know you are the the priest of your home so I wanted to start word, like there uh, thinking like okay that distinguishes between uh, female at home I prefer to think of myself more as king priest but, prophet you know, and king but you know whatever it, it's a both and thing it is uh, and what do priests do but priests um you know give blessings and offer sacrifices so those were the two things that i i was going to really hound on and then david was talking to me and he was like yes i agree but what if we talk about other things first i think uh, he said i i think you're you're getting too far ahead of yourself and i was like ooh this is why i asked you these questions cuz even women are baptized priest prophet and king correct and so Basically, what he, these are my that's, words. That's back. what you want to do. You want to find things that this applies to men and not women. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so he he kind of this is some of the some of the things that he was saying not directly, but basically there's four things that he talked about. He talked about that there's a responsibility, there's competence, there's integrity, and there's living for others. Uh, and okay. there's all four coincide with priest prophet and king as a man so so what does that mean so as a uh, for responsibility there's a lot of times as men uh that responsibility is not glamorous i think as we realize or as we experience our our day-to-day lives and kind of the monotony of like going to work coming home going to work coming to home yeah uh, um that doing what you're what you're supposed to be responsible for is not glamorous it's not very much fun it's not it's not something that no. you kind of look forward to especially as a as a guy now that we're kind of getting a little older dave we're kind of we're not we're no longer like new to our jobs you know we've been we've been working for a while yeah it's easy to the, the newness of the honeymoon phase has worn off so making those cold calls or making uh extra efforts to not just fall into the rut of the daily routine is not as easy it doesn't you don't get as excited about it, or at least I don't. This is me personally, I guess. Yeah. This is more of a inner inner look into Adam, I guess. But um, sounds like you're describing universal experience. Well, maybe. Um, but I, I think men tend to uh, focus more on complacency too much. You know, I think that women sometimes, uh, you know, men can 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 be more complacent and, and women strive to, to try to take order at times. You know, I think that's what, hmm. um, I, we talked about with yeah, our wives. Yeah, depending on your temperament, because there's some men out there who need order and these, structure these are, and everything. These are broad brushes yeah, that, yeah. We're, that we're, that we're, we're okay. struggling here. But, uh, you know, like with when we talked with our wives on, on one of the episodes, we talked about how, um, you know, men strive for responsibility, uh, desire responsibility or respect and responsibility and, yeah, and, honor, women, and, yeah. and honor and women want love. Um, and so when you give them love, then they give you respect. And when you give them, re- uh, when they give you respect, then you give them love. And it's kind of this mutual giving and taking thing. Yeah. Um, and so if we become complacent in our day to day life, in our home life and in our work life, 
we're no longer taking responsibility of what we're actually called to be, which is not what a priest, prophet, or king does. Word. So when we get back, we'll continue this conversation. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here with David Niles, Juan Posada on the buttons this evening. Thrilled to have him back. We're just kind of riffing on a conversation that I had with uh, David Williams on Catholic Man. What does it mean to be a, a man? What does it mean to be a Catholic man in particular? Hypothetically, what kind of guitar are you holding for the riffing that we're doing? Oh, uh, uh, a Gibson. Gibson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'd say uh, maybe like a Chevrolet or something. <laughs> nice. It's dumb, but nice. <laughs> uh, unexpected. It's not funny, but yeah. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, so we were, uh, over the last break, we were, we were talking about the first part that, that David was talking about also is, is responsibility. Uh, just to kind of maybe put a bow on that. He was basically saying, like, you know, as men, if we're if we're if we're called, we're, we're, if we're baptized Catholic men, we're called to preach the gospel and to baptize other men, you know, to to to, to make more disciples of, of 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 Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, and we're doing other responsibilities poorly, you're never you're not going to be able to do the supernatural well. You're never going like if you're doing natural things poorly, you can't do the supernatural things well. Um, and that's kind of what he was thinking. I was like, man, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, and he even used the, he even said something that was very interesting. Uh, they had a family crisis and, and they were talking about it and it was something out of their control. And David Williams, I think nine year old son said, you know, dad, you, you can't fix what man doesn't, or, oh man, I wish I, I could remember exactly what he said, but he said, if man doesn't make it, you can't fix it. As a man, you can't fix it. Mm. You know, that's very profound. Yeah. You know, it, it, if we're not making it, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's God who's in control. Um, so there's a lot of aspects of um, of that. Like, you, can't, you you have to be able to know that you're not in control at all times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I was talking about with the responsibilities. It, uh, I put a bow on that. Is there anything else you want to talk about regarding that? No. Okay. I mean, I think we all have responsibilities, and so, uh, a man upholds them. He does not shirk them. To shirk your responsibilities is to behave less like a man. Mm-hmm. The next one I thought of when he first said it, I was like, man, that's kind of interesting. It was competence. You have to be competent. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like, well, who's not competent? But if you if you talk about what's the end game, like you were talking about in the last, last segment, if you understand what the end game is, which is sainthood, is sainthood, uh, then you have to train. You have to be competent to achieve that end. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to prepare yourself to achieve that end. And so, what does that look like? What does competence look like as a as a Catholic man to be a Catholic man to be a competent Catholic man? What does that look like? And and in order to do that, you have to have training. And so what does that look like? What does training look like? Well, obviously, that includes the sacraments. That includes 
confession, uh, the Eucharist, baptism, obviously, at the beginning, but uh, confirmation. Um, but it also includes the denial of self, asceticism. Sure. Um, it includes being able to deny your, your own will uh, for the good of the other. Yeah. And I think uh, one mistake that often people make is judging the spiritual side of life apart from the natural side of life when it comes to competence, when it comes to responsibility, when it comes to all of these things, if you can't uphold the natural obligations of life, then you will struggle and ultimately fail, I think, with the supernatural. Once again, if you're not doing the natural, you can't do the supernatural. So um, when it comes to competence, the Catholic man should strive to do all things well. Right. Not just like nail his prayer life so he can go be lazy at work. You know, right. not not just uh, have, uh, you know, great devotions so that he can shirk his responsibilities. Right. No doubt. It, it's, it's like uh, knowing when to act when the time... Uh, to act when when it is the time to act, to like fight when it is time to fight, to love when it's time to love, right. to serve others when it's time to serve. Um, you know, it's like David uh, David in the Old Testament whenever he was fighting Goliath. You know, and he like Goliath. What does he do? Goliath like uh, defames it, the, the Israelites and he defames God. You know, and David says, "No, I'm not standing for this." I do not care, you know, how big he is. I don't care. I, like, as a Catholic man, it is time for me to fight. Um, and so he stands up, and and we all know what happens there. Uh, Goliath's head is removed from his body. Um, but I think as a Catholic man, in order to be able to know when it is time to fight, and this goes back to, I think, also, I mean, we could get into a, a whole another segment on Catholic like social media and when is the right time to, to speak up? When is it not the right time to speak up? Uh, I, I think that the only time you know when to fight, when it is actually time to fight is if you're building up these other virtues. It's, it, it's, it, 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 you know, the only way you can build up fortitude is, is to, is, is to build up temperance, is to build up justice, to build up prudence, knowing when the actual time to fight uh, would be. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's, I, I think that uh, a lot of guys think that it's time to fight, um, like either physically or, or, or verbally, when it maybe not be. Yeah, when it rarely is. It, it rarely, I mean... Rarely. Most um, of the time, it, fighting is the easy thing to do. Right. Many right. times, anyway. And so I think that it, it's important for us to remember that as men, um, we need to know when it's time to serve others. And step up. When it is when is it time to love others? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very hard to love somebody who doesn't say something nice to you on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, a yeah. social media. It's very hard to pray for that person whenever you know they're wrong, but you're and you want to correct them. But it's like, listen, it's not going. You know, there's times where it's hard to walk away. It's hard to walk away at yeah. times. Uh, Mother Teresa talks about that. That that's a sign of humility mm-hmm. when if it doesn't make a difference and you you step and you move away anyway. You remove yourself from the situation. If, it, if the end result won't make a difference, that's humility. Yeah, but just getting back to competence. If a Catholic man is competent, then he knows what he is about. He knows what he's doing. And so that just has practical applications. We should be educating ourselves principally about the faith. 
We should know what it is we believe. We should know why we, why we believe it in such a way that we can live it out. Okay, I mean, we don't, we don't study the faith just to know it. Mm-hmm. We study it to know it so that we can do it better. It's specifically to pass it down to others. Right, but you might not have others to pass it down. That doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue the knowledge so that you can still pursue the better doing. Mm-hmm. That we do the better doing because it's what we're called to do. Right. And a part of that doing is passing it down, that providing, right. protecting, and establishing. You know, that's where we're going to establish the... Right, and I, I think that's part of fatherhood, and I think that there's so many different views of fatherhood. You know, there's so many aspects of fatherhood. There's obviously the biological fatherhood, but uh, there's spiritual fatherhood. There's guys who experience same-sex attraction that have uh, opportunities to be a father, uh, whether it be in the workplace, in the uh, in, in the church community. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities um, for other men to to experience the fatherhood and not in a bi- biological sense. Sure. So I think that, but in order to do that, you have to be competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once again, so it's competence about our faith, competence about everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is be known as a Catholic and then seen as incompetent mm-hmm. in most of your life. It's like, well, every Catholic I know is kind of a, a loose screw. Right. Wishy-washy or whatever. Right. Uh, the next one you talked about was integrity, which I thought was a, which, uh, another interesting one. One that obviously is very important, but not one that I would have thought to bring up. How would you define integrity? Um, doing the right thing when no one else is looking. Or yeah. like when it, when it doesn't matter what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's often just defined kind of as honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's more to I think there's more to integrity than just being honest. It's about a yes the and a person with it, who acts with integrity always acts honestly even if it costs him but that's what honesty is mm-hmm. integrity also means to me that you act in such a way that's in accord with the truth mm-hmm. uh, so the decisions you're making are based on rea- the reality of the world you know that this is the way things are this is mm-hmm. just the truth and so that's why I'm doing it whether it costs you anything or not you know whether it's has anything to do with honesty, we do these things because I'm integral, I'm whole, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm at, everything about me is kind of um, circumferencing this truth. Yeah, and Aquinas actually talks about this as a virtue, and maybe that would be a, a good episode. Have we not done sometime. integrity? Have we done integrity one? I can't remember, I can't recall. I don't think we have. Huh. It'd be a good one to, it'd be a good one to do. But it's also... Uh, the ability to do what you say you're going to do, and that's one that I struggle with a lot of times. There's there's people who who come to me, all, you know, at, at times. I, I'm sure you, you you probably experience the same thing. Like, hey, will you make sure you pray for me? Will you make sure you do this for me? Will you uh, make sure you respond to this email? Whatever it is, and you say, yeah, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then you don't make a concerted effort to make sure to do that. Um, that's something that I I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's another reason Juan gives us a good example of. Uh, making sure immediately to ask your guardian angel to remind you to do that. Uh, he does that, and and he, he's really good at, at following through. Way to go, Juan. So, um, do Muslims have guardian angels? Yes. David, Are you sure? David. Yes. David. David. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, I, 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 you know, it, it, I, I do think that this, this old principle that, you know, I think our dads have told us 
from the past of like doing the right thing even when no one is looking uh, is very important um, because you, you actually never know who's doing it. And if you do it out of the love of God, that's a supernatural virtue and not just a, a natural virtue like we've talked about before on the show. Word. So when we get back, we'll continue this conversation. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Please be warned, we're dealing with high levels of manliness here on the Catholic Man Show. If you or anyone in the listening radius is susceptible to high levels of manliness, be warned, this show will be harmful to your health. I guarantee it. I guarantee it will hurt you. If you are listening to this... If you are susceptible. If you're listening to this right now, say a quick prayer that our fundraiser goes well, because this will be airing right before our fundraiser for Word. the Catholic radio station. And depending on how well the Catholic the fundraiser goes depends on how the outlook for 2020 uh, is for Catholic radio here in Tulsa. We're very optimistic, though. We are optimistic. Very optimistic. Yes. So in the spirit of seriousness, we're answering serious questions mm-hmm. about a man's life. Things like, if you take an antibiotic and a probiotic at the same time, do they cancel each other out? What about a prebiotic? You ain't even thought about a prebiotic. I have never heard of a prebiotic. Fiber. Fiber is a prebiotic. That's great. So. Are you sure it's a prebiotic? That's what it says. Uh, on We're giving our daughter fiber on a on the reg right now. Uh, to get well, her. <laughs> never mind. I'm, well, that I'm, wouldn't make sense. <laughs> probiotic, antibiotic, pro and anti, those are competing forces for the biotics. Okay? I so I asked this on Twitter and a guy and I was like, do they cancel each other out? And the guy's like, no. And I said, are you sure? Did he respond? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but bro, are you sure? Okay, so let's talk about uh let's finish this up with uh, talking about just being a Catholic man in general. That's um, why you're not getting over your cold. I don't have a cold. I'm just saying in general. I'm, I'm speaking to like the person out there. You're taking antibiotics, but you're eating too much yogurt. No. Uh, William Thummel says, no, they don't. Anyway, so we're yeah, talking. Yeah, but are you sure? <laughs> so we're talking about being a Catholic man. Uh, the last, you know, we've talked about integrity. We've talked uh, We've talked about, um, uh, what else have we talked about? I just went blank here. Um, competency. Competency. That was the one that I was trying to think of. Uh, We're talking about responsibility, competency. I can't remember the other one. That was the, that was the one that I was, I was struggling with. Oh, um, irony. Uh, but the last one that we, we, we should talk about is, is and you kind of hinted at it um, at the very beginning, was um, living for others. As a man, you know, we're made to work. We're made to protect. We're made to establish. We're made to live for others. Uh, and, and so... A lot of times I struggle with, maybe even in the workforce I talk about, you know, as a sales guy especially, it's all about, you know, uh, who you know, it's all about networking, it's all about what are you going to, to like, what are you going to do for me? Like, yeah. You know, as a relationship, it's what are you going to do for me, especially in the workforce? I won't punch you in the face. How about that? <laughs> Does that do you ever feel that way? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Nothing. Yeah, I won't do anything for you. I tell you what, I'm going to provide the product that you purchase. Right. That's what I'll do for you. But it, it's very hard as a, a you know as a guy who, who's going out uh, trying to make a living, meeting, talking to you know a lot of people every single day, trying not to systematically make it about like what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for me? And shifting the mind into more of how can I help you? How can I serve you? Yeah. That's I think a, a very hard thing to do, at least for me in my in my workforce. Do you experience that in your workforce? Well, I'm just not selfish, you know. That's a good thing to to not be. Yeah. No, uh, I mean I think that that's of course everybody struggles with that. It's part of our human nature. We have this uh, self preservation, which in, inherently is a good thing, um, but we have a tendency of letting that self preservation. We get comfortable. And so psychologically, we buy into the idea that we need many of the things that we have. Mm-hmm. And when we think that we need them, when things like this are at stake, all of a sudden, we, need, we feel this desire to preserve them. And I'm talking about things like ego, things like comforts, you know, just what, whatever it is, you know. And so everybody, everybody struggles with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to, we have to remember to be grateful. Right. Counting, counting your blessings every day and remembering to be thankful for everything we have is a good counteracting force mm-hmm. to that, taking, to taking things for granted and thinking that, no, I, I need these. And, yeah. Because we, so, we have so much more. I, let me tell you a quick story that David Williams told me that made, it like rocked my world. Not that I, okay. th- not that I, I, I don't, tr- try to do this, but I w- may not have recognized this like he does. He has, he's so attuned to his family. It's, it's phenomenal how, mm-hmm. he, how attuned he is to what's going on within his family. Yeah. So he, he walks in to his house from work and uh, his wife, he has five boys, one girl and his, and his wife. His wife and his daughter were doing the dishes. He didn't see them doing the dishes, but he could hear them doing the dishes. Mm, so he's using his senses. He's using his senses. Mm. His boys were all in the living room. And he walks in, walks straight to the living room and says, this is a tragedy. That's how he's, that's what he tragedy. said. Tragedy. A tragedy. Someone has died. Someone has died? No. no. Died, they have not died to self. Uh, but someone's going to. <laughs> and he said, he, he said, there are five men in this living room. There are two women in, in, in the kitchen working, and none of you are helping them. And as soon as he said this is a tragedy, all f- he said all five boys immediately like did the head jerk over to the to the dad, realizing like, oh no, what's happening? And they they like started using their senses and like realized what was happening, realized that their their mom and their sister were in there working while they were just you know, having leisure time. I'm sorry, Dad. I was I was praying and I yeah. just got caught up. And all five of them ran into the kitchen to help. But th- those are the things that we have to be able to teach our, you know, our, our children to yeah. to. Uh, what I loved about it was that he actually didn't say what was the issue. Mm-hmm. All he said was, "This is a tragedy." Yeah. Well, that's because his kids know 
Well, you mean by this time? By this is, time, they know he's he, instilled it in them. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he has, as a father, has has taught his children that you are, are to serve others. Yeah, and that you are, you know, every John Paul II had a great quote, and I, I'm going to butcher, but he basically says that every uh, person within the family has a duty to serve each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, once again, just going back to looking at the physical makeup of men, everything about a man is made to be as an outward expression. Okay. So we're made to give ourselves away sexually, physically, and you know, maybe even emotionally because our emotional our emotional bar is much different, okay? We don't men just don't need to receive in the same way emotionally as women. Sure. So, um you just that's just our calling is to be a gift for others. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are literally men are literally, this is the joke that everybody makes, but we are literally God's gift to women. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, it's not always in the way that we want it to be, but that doesn't matter because we're, we're made to be this gift. And just like she is a gift to us, but we have to come up and you know do our part. Well, we're made to do the work. Yeah. So we should be the ones working. And love them as Christ loved the church. Right. And Christ died for the church, so we should die for our wives. Mm-hmm. In, in an actual literal way, if if the time if the, it, it it beckons, mm-hmm. but so I think that you know if you're asking yourself, uh, you know what does it mean to be a Catholic man? I think you need to say like, are you taking responsibility seriously? Are you taking your calling as in, in your vocation seriously? Whether that be to the priesthood, whether that be as a as a, a single laity, as a, as a father, uh, are you taking the responsibilities that God has given you seriously? Um, are you are you complacent? Are you continually striving for holiness? Are you continually striving for greatness? Mm-hmm. Are you competent? You know, in order to be in order to to be responsible, you have to be able to in order to know what you're supposed to be doing. You have to train for it. Mm-hmm. So are you are you uh, sacrificing? Are you are you uh, expl- exemplifying asceticism in your life? Right. Yeah. Because competency isn't like a bar that you can reach. It's like now I'm competent, right? That's no, not really what it is because it's not like oh I don't know enough I'm not competent. That's no. not the point. The point is that are you pursuing a, right. co- a, a higher level of competency than you have now? And the beauty of the Catholic faith is the 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 higher you you, uh, com- you know competent you become, the deeper you realize that the more you need to become more competent. Right. It's ne- it's never ending. And maybe we could just say virtuous. Instead yeah. of competent, sure, I think because when we say, I think that's what we mean, like competent in virtue, competent in whatever, you know, well established, but just pursuing to be better t- tomorrow than you are today, in every authentic way. Right. Yeah, and I think that you know, so the virtuous, the competent part is like knowing, like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to do this. The integrity part is doing it, is actually putting that the virtue into action. It's yeah. Um, you know, it, it's the doing the good, even if no one else is going to recognize it. It's doing the good, even if you know your boss isn't going to to give you a pat on the back or give you give you the uh, bonus this year. You know, it's like no, this is what I'm I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do, uh, so I'm going to do it. It's right. it's the making sure even if you come home from work and you're exhausted and your kids are you know, yelling and going crazy, but you still have to do the theological lesson with them that evening. You actually do it and you don't, you know, take the the night off. Yeah. And I think that when you, even when we say 
do the right thing even if you know no one was watching, he's kind of missing the point because you should be doing the right thing. Totally, amb- like, mm-hmm. totally ambiguously to whether someone's watching. Like, right. You just you, do the right just thing. Just the fact that, oh, no one's watching is like, yeah, that's, I don't care, you right. know. And then, and if you're doing all that, then you're actually li- dying to self. You're living for the other person. Right. Dave, I thought it was an okay episode for an unscripted. Maybe the, okay, maybe the okayest we've ever done. It's, we're, we're the okayest episode ever. Thanks to Robert Dalton for the whiskey. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.